0: Welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride.
1: Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 136. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary back with another video. And today we will be getting into... The Jets defensive line being a little bit overrated because while they stunk up the joint in week three against the Cincinnati Bengals, we'll get into Zach Wilson's return. We'll get into some big news for me. At least I I think it's big news. So you guys should care about that. And uh, well, we'll get into your voicemails as always. But before we get started, you guys should know the drill. Want to say thank you to the sponsors over at Manscaped Smooth Sack Summer. Gonza, we are in fresh Ball, fall. That's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Fresh, ball, fall is here to stay. If you haven't been scaping for the summer sun, it's not too late to sweep your sack of those pesky pubes. Summer, gone, fall is here to keep your boys fresh and clean. The leader in below-the-waist grooming is here to make sure that your pubes feel smoother than a beach ball and smell fresher than your girlfriend's pumpkin spice. Latte. Start the new season the right way and join over six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer: Jets twenty, J E T S two zero for twenty percent off and free shipping. Pick yourself up something nice. Okay, so you know what? We're gonna do this a little bit out of order. I tease that there's a little bit of an announcement, and uh, I think it's gonna be a good thing. I think hopefully you guys like it, and this is the first place that I'm saying it to uh you guys right like some people that i'm close with know uh which is great but um i wanted to make the announcement here before things get moving but as of next week 10 3 so october 3rd is the first day i will be doing content full-time uh i will be no longer with the day job so that means more time for more Content and this was uh an exciting thing for me to get to this point. I am extremely, extremely, extremely excited. Um, I couldn't have done it without you guys. So I want to give a thank you to you. I appreciate it and owe you guys a ton. So just want to give, you know, my thanks and appreciation there. But for some things that you can expect. So this show still gonna be running on Wednesdays, they'll come out Wednesday morning. Uh, you know, the regular videos we will have come out daily at that point on Sundays we'll do pregame live which we've been doing we'll have our reaction after the fact but we are going to ramp up live streams in addition to uh, my regular coverage so that allows me to talk about the jet report which is going to be my live stream show that airs at 2 p.m. Monday to Thursday, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll go over a topic of the day, we'll go over uh, some questions, you can send super chats, uh, a whole lot of fun, I'm so excited to get into that, Um, really excited, and if you miss it live, I will also make that available in audio form, uh, which will be available shortly after the, the live stream, so you can catch it on YouTube, if you prefer, if you're a commuter, it will be available for your commute home, Uh, And I'm super excited to get into it, and uh, I'm super excited to dive into my Jets coverage full time. And uh, if you're an Islanders fan, I am doing Islanders content, too, um, which was something that I did for a while and then had to, unfortunately, take a step back from. But that is coming back. Uh, So if you're interested in my Islanders coverage, check that out on Twitter. Uh, and social media as well. And let's get into today's episode. I talked enough about myself. Let's talk about this team that just frustrates me to no end. And that is the New York Jets, their defensive line. Uh, What a letdown performance against Cincinnati. I mean, just I I shake my head because it's so frustrating to see a team that was allowing so many sacks, so many pressures through the first two weeks. Jonah Williams at left tackle, was a turnstile the first two weeks. Uh, Joe Burrow was getting sacked. He was getting pressured. He was getting hit at an insane rate. And all we've heard about was how the Jets are going to specialize in their pass rush. That's Robert Sala's calling card. He signed Carl Lawson. And Quinnen Williams was the third overall pick. And John Franklin Myers has the new contract. And Jermaine Johnson and Clemens and Sheldon uh, Rankins and uh, Solomon Thomas and you just Jacob Martin. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. Before the game even started, one of the frustrating things, at least I thought, with the pass rushes, they weren't dressing one of their better pass rushers in Bryce Huff. How the hell is Bryce Huff not playing? Maybe. I mean, I think it's stupid. But you could, I guess, sell me on the idea that he wasn't playing in the first couple of weeks of the year because they were going up against such run-heavy teams. But in a situation where you're going up against a team that's offensive line is putrid, you would think Bryce Huff should be out there and will be out there. Um Unfortunately, not the case. Unfortunately, not the case. And I, I think it hurt because they could not get home with their front four to, for, for beans. They had two sacks in the game, which is just nearly, not, not nearly enough. You have to have more than that. You have to have uh, a, a better pass rush with your front four, which has been talked about and hyped up. And I'm sorry. It feels like the defensive line's been overrated. Uh, Quinton Williams was getting into it on the sideline and that went viral, but to his credit, he and the defensive line as a whole played better. And the defense as a whole played better after that, which I guess positive spin will sign up for that. We'll take that as a positive, but like that, is that it? That's it. That's the only thing that we have to hang our hats on. Is that like, okay, yeah, Quinn Williams went a little nuts on the sideline, and then they looked a little bit better after that. Great. Fantastic, I suppose. But Carl Lawson didn't have the impact that I anticipated him to. Uh, For Hendrickson, looked pretty good, which was pretty much the, the Bengals decided to move on from Carl Lawson and bring him in, and uh, he downright dominated George Fant. And then on top of that, he also dominated Connor McDermott when he came into the game. But just... I'm really surprised that was an opportunity for the Jets to, and it was going to be a tough game to win. I think too many people were writing it off as such a, a game they have to win, but I just thought the defense would make it a little bit more competitive. I mean, the offense, we're going to get into Zach Wilson's return as the second part of this intro, but just for this defensive line to be as vanilla and boring as what it was in that game is just unbelievably frustrating. And I get, I mean, we're going to get into a ton of, call, into a ton of calls about Ulbrick and Salah. And look, I get the frustration. That was your time. That was your time to prove it, guys. It was a golden opportunity and they didn't do a damn thing. Did not do a damn thing. Luckily, some stupid storylines were put to bed this past week where it was like after that crazy win, joe flacco uh the people were saying joe you got to continue ride ride the hot hand then joe flacco continue to ride it out there baby and uh he he regressed pretty hard in week three that was rough he was a statue anytime he was hit fumbled uh through a, a brutal interception strip sacks he lost the, it felt like he lost the ball like five times it was unbelievable the rate that he was going down but Zach Wilson's back. Um, They're waiting on him to be medically cleared. By the time this comes out, that information should be out there. But all signs point to him playing, um, which they desperately need. And I've seen some people say, well, you can't put Zach out there because he's going to get killed on the offensive line. And you got to be willing to take that risk at this point. It's Joe Flacco's a statue back there. At least with Zach, he has the ability to move. So I think the offense is going to be much more creative. And you could do a lot more creative things. For instance, roll him out to the right. Roll him out to the left. Um, If the pocket starts to collapse, he could escape and make plays while on the run. That's kind of where he's at his best. So, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the left tackle situation. They brought in Remmers. We did a video on that yesterday. Um, And I don't want to see Connor McDermott, who absolutely stinks, have to start a game. but. Zach's gotta play. We you gotta see you gotta see him. And it, it doesn't do him any favors to shelter him. It doesn't. If you're scared of playing your number two overall pick in year three or four, depending on how you want to uh timestamp Douglas's tenure, that's that's not good. That's really not good. And I don't think you can be afraid to play him. You can't. You can't go through life being scared of, oh my God, what if he gets hurt again? Well, What if you put Joe Flacco back there and he stinks again? Like, you're wasting time. The more time that Joe Flacco is playing and the less we see of Zach Wilson, that doesn't do anyone any good. We know Flacco's not the long-term answer here. You have to see what Zach has. And I would imagine with the influx of talent on this offense, whether it be Garrett Wilson, the tight ends that they don't really use (laughs) nearly enough, uh, does Uzama play? What's the deal there? Conklin got a ton of garbage time yardage. Um, I would like to see more from the tight ends and they're very, very, very pass happy, which I think with Wilson back, they're going to try to get the run game going a little bit more, which I think is a plus because there's no need for them to be pacing out to put up historic passing attempt numbers. That's like, that's insane to me. Like, why, why is that a thing? It should not be a thing. Um, but Zach Wilson's return should something that should be something that gets you excited. I know this past week was really tough. Jeff fans are down on the team. Uh, I'm frustrated with uh, Ulbrich. I'm frustrated with Salah. I'm frustrated with the effort that we saw from the defensive line. But with that said, a lot of the issues or a lot of the frustrations on offense is with the quarterback. I think at least if you have the number two pick from last year out there and in, hopefully you are seeing him looking more like Trevor Lawrence and not so much like Trey Lance who got hurt, uh, Mac Jones who got hurt, and Justin Fields who doesn't look good at all. Right now, and poor Fields is in a brutal situation. But the God Almighty, is that rough? So you've heard me talk about it, Mojo, which just recently launched in New Jersey, which is like the stock exchange for players. They gave me some info on Zach Wilson that I want to get get into, and why now is the perfect time to get into Zach Wilson. He's priced at right around thirty three dollars. Uh, so right in between Jimmy G, who's thirty three dollars and eight cents. And uh, Trey Lance, who's at thirty-two forty-five, So that's a pretty nice price. You'd imagine that uh, that would only go up based on play. He IPO'd at uh, $43, uh, which dropped before the injury. Um, and the question then becomes, can he elevate the guys around him? For instance, Garrett Wilson, still around $14, dollars thirteen sixty-eight. dollars Elijah Moore around $14, $14.10. What's the next step going to look like? Can he get that, this team going, trending in the right direction? Can he get up to Jalen Hurts's number right around $47, which is up 45% this year? Oh, my God. Has that breakout come? Or Tua, who has another, another quarterback with a breakout, now up around $38, up 36%. Is the Zach Wilson breakout coming? I think there's a good chance that it's coming. So I, I would invest in Zach Wilson right now. I trust the kid. I'm putting my faith in him. And, uh, yeah, we're going to take it from there. All right, to the voicemails we go. Let's hear from you. What's your take on this New York Jets team? We're going to start things off with Max calling in from New Jersey. He wants to get into Robert Sala and a whole lot of frustration. Okay.
0: Hi, this is Max from home to New Jersey. So the Jets recap for today. So I was actually at the game. Sorry. And the offense was just really bad. Joe Flacco was pretty bad. But there's a controversial take. I think Robert Salah should be fired as the head coach. And I don't know if you agree with me, but I think he needs to be fired. I mean, there are teams in the NFL like the Texans and the Lions that are way worse than the Jets town-wise. Yet they're playing way more competitive than the New York Jets. I mean, I'm not asking for the Jets to make the playoffs. I'm just asking the Jets to be a competitive football team. What's your thoughts on this and go Jets?
1: Yeah, I don't think they're pulling the trigger on him in season. Uh, and I, it depends on how the rest of the year goes. Would he survive another four win season? I don't know. I don't know if he would. Um, it depends on what Zach Wilson looks like when he comes back. If the, the head coach and GM are very much so tied to this quarterback, whether fans want to believe it or not. I've seen so many times where it's like, oh, well, you know, if Zach Wilson doesn't work out you got to continue to ride it out with Joe Douglas and let him choose the next coach and let him choose the next quarterback. See how rare that is in the NFL to get another kick at the can? It's rare. And there's a lot of things that he's done, Joe Douglas has done, that I really like. I think he's done some nice things in the draft. I think he's made some nice trades. But do some Jet fans overrate him? Yes. He's average to a little above average as a GM. Is he a star? Is he a top five GM in the league? Absolutely not. He's just not. The, the wins haven't been there. And the excuse of this isn't his roster anymore is not, or this isn't his roster, Isn't a, it can't be used anymore. You can't. It's year three or four, depending on how you want to count it. And there were so many opportunities. Like, for instance, the Mike Remmer signing. Good, but three weeks too late? This isn't an this isn't a call to fire Joe Douglas. It's not a call for me to fire Robert Sala, but I think it's fair to be critical of these guys. I don't think they're going to be I don't think Sal is getting fired in season because then who who are you promoting to head coach? They're going to give him a little bit more leeway than this. They're going to at, at least let him see out the rest of the year. Look, I'm frustrated. I get it. I really there's a lot of things that Salah's said and a lot of things that he's done that really makes me scratch my head. And I get fans are turning on him. I, I get it. I really do. But at the same time, what what do you think they're going to do in the middle of the season? Who are they promoting? Uh, Rob Middleton? They, they're going to make head of coach? I don't know. I, I don't think that's a realistic option right now. Let's go to Jeff. From New Jersey, both sides of the Jets' line, awful. That's what he wants to get into. Okay, let's do it.
2: Hey, Matt, it's Jeffrey from New Jersey here. What's up, man? I'm, Dyle, but I'm just so frustrated after this loss to the Bengals. I just really do not understand how this offensive line continues to be terrible, especially in the run game. I mean, we can't establish the run, ever. There's no reason Joe Flacco should be throwing 40, 50 times a game. It's just unbelievable. And we got these new who are supposed to be good at run blocking and we can't get any anything. And then George Fant is playing like, he's playing worse than the 2020 version of George Fant. And uh, Max is holding his own, but just this offensive line was supposed to be better. And this defensive line is super overrated. And I don't understand why John Franklin Myers is still playing on the edge when he's better in the interior, and I don't understand why Bryce Huff is inactive. I mean, I just don't get it. Um, this defense is very frustrating. We have a switch defense right now. I mean, just it's giving me flashbacks of last year, but a little bit better because of Sauce Gardner and D.J. Reed. Safeties are unbelievable, terrible, but just hoping we can come out and do a better job when uh, Zach comes back against the Steelers, hopefully, but this offensive line must play better or else Zach's going to get injured again. I mean, it's just unacceptable at this point. Thank you. Have a good
1: one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I get it. Um, I, I uh, For me, the lines thing is so... The defensive line was so jarring to me. Uh, and I think the worst part about the offensive line is the pass blocking. I think the run blocking, they've been fine, especially the right side. Like, I got to give a ton of credit to Max Mitchell. He's held his own. Has he been phenomenal? No, he's not making a Pro Bowl anytime soon, but he's been fine. AVT's been great, but George Fant really struggled before getting hurt. Lincoln Tomlinson was bad in week one and got a little bit better. Connor McGovern's been, eh. I think they've actually run the ball relatively well. They just haven't done it a ton because they've been down in these games. They, they go down right away. The defense lets up a score almost constantly. That's what happened this past week. Bengals go right down the field and score. And you're right. There is like It, it shouldn't be that Flacco's throwing the ball 50 times, and they're uh, on pace to set a, a record, record pace for passing attempts, which is no bueno. I think they will start to run the ball more. I think they will get it going, especially when Zach comes back. I don't think they're going to want to put necessarily like as much on his plate, and they're going to try to build this offense off the play action and off of RPOs. So, I, I really think that it's going to end up being okay. But uh, yeah, right now they are way too way too pass happy. You got to hope that evens out. Uh, Lafleur's been streaky. I thought he was very good in week two, and week one and week three was questionable. I'm hoping that in week four he comes up with a good game plan with uh, with Zach back. Julio from Florida is up next, and he wants to talk about Zach Wilson if he's coming back this week.
3: Hey, Matt, how you doing? This is Julio giving you a call from Tech, Florida. Just wanted to get your quick take on, did you see the SNY game from Bart and Willie really pretty much talking about Zach shouldn't come back against Pittsburgh? Just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I couldn't disagree more. I think Zach yeah. needs to come back in the worst way. Um, I don't think that we have to continue to baby him. We have to find out what he is. And um I think there's gonna be a little rust back after the first game, the same time the same way there was rust after last year's injury. Um, I think you get him in there, get him to shake off a little bit of that rust, hopefully produce a run heavy offense, you know, kinda kinda ease the game plan for him, get him up caught up to speed and hopefully by game five in Miami, game five against Miami, he's back on track and um kinda shake that rust off and you know, we have something to look forward to against the uh, Miami Dolphins. And, again, kind of shake that rust off. You know how part of the fan base could be. Uh, just worry about him kind of getting back in game five against Miami at home. And he kind of has some of that rust. And the fan base kind of gets on him a bit early. But, um, but yeah, just kind of wanted to get your take on that and see if we should bring him back against Pittsburgh. But should we wait? Again, I think he needs to be back against Pittsburgh. Agree. Thanks, man.
1: I agree with you 100%, Julio. You can't you can't baby him, you can't shelter him, and you have to know. Like if you're gonna if your stance on it is we are afraid to put our quarterback in there, that's an indictment on the general manager, it's an indictment on the coaching staff, it's an indictment on everything really than what's happened the last few years on the state of what the roster they've built. And if you can't you think he can't survive, not not a great sign for what you just invested in the second overall pick. Like there's quarterbacks who play really well with bad offensive lines constantly, and they're not afraid to be put out there. You his running ability, I think could could save him. And with potentially McDermott starting at left tackle, does that scare me? Of course it does. But what what's the alternative? Just punt away, punt away a game because that's essentially what you're doing if you're playing Joe Flacco again in that spot because he can't move. He has zero chance of moving around in the pocket. I think it's a disservice to yourself. I think it's a disservice to your team. I think it's a disservice to the young quarterback if you're just going to punt away another opportunity. I don't get that one at all. I, I really don't get that mindset. I think that is uh, incredibly silly to do. And I, and Julio, I know you're you're agreeing with me. I think it's good, good on you for bringing it up because I saw that clip on the post game and was, I think, shocked. Might have been putting it lightly, but you can't, you can't just protect this kid. You got to, you got to take your chances eventually. You have to. All right, we're gonna go out to John next, and he wants to talk about personnel decisions not making any sense. <laughs> How much time you got? Let's go.
4: John from Lakers, Matt. I love the show. I'm calling because if we if we keep playing this soft zone coverage and giving up all these points a game. I mean, did, did did anybody see the Jaguars play today? I mean, we maybe we're better than the Texans, maybe we're better than the Bears. I I know it's with Flacco in there and Wilson's not in there yet, but we really need to step it up. And we need to like get pressure with the four. And if we're not getting pressure with the four, we need to bring the blitz because Jacoby Brissett, Joe Burrow, everybody sitting back there in the pocket looking like, you know, John Elway. Like they just got all the time in the world. They're just making these downfield passes. And, and, and then we – before we know it, we're playing from behind. So out goes the run game and then comes slacko to just be a statue in the pocket and just – and, and 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 just throw the ball. We're we're really not. We're establishing the run, but we can't stick with the run because we're playing from behind. Behind, all the time. Yeah. Something needs to change with that. That's my thoughts. Huge disappointing loss. We made the Bengals look better than they really are. Yep. We couldn't get home. Uh, we got all this money in the defensive line, and uh, and and nobody's getting home on on the sacks with the four. And then we sit Bryce Huff and we're playing Franklin Myers on the outside. I don't get that either. It's like, why are we sitting Huff? He, he's our most speediest pass rusher that we have, and he's been on the bench for three weeks. They have to make adjustments and stop being stubborn and change something. Otherwise, it's we're going to make Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett also look like a great quarterback this coming week because we're just going to play... Soft zone coverage and rush with four and, and try to let them, uh, I don't know, death by a thousand swords. I'd rather die by, by one swipe of the samurai sword. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But again, love the show. Uh, thanks for taking the call. You, you preached
1: it, John. You're spot on. Spot on. I couldn't have said it any better myself. It, it, it's so unbelievably frustrating. And the point that you brought up that I think is so important to talk about here is the stubbornness from this staff. Whether it's Salah or Olbrecht, the soft zone drives me absolutely nuts. Because if you look at this defense, the two things that they've done well, or the two guys who have really been the bright spot on this defense, Sauce and DJ Reed. you're two cover corners. And you're playing them in zone, you're backing them way off the line? For what? I don't, they are so stubborn in their ways. And the lack of adjustment is really, really killer. It is. It's one of my biggest pet peeves and my biggest gripes with this coaching staff is their just inability to in game change things up. Not good. You have to be more competitive. There's no reason that you shouldn't be in these games. It's going to be an utter embarrassment if you go up to Pittsburgh and they're hanging 30 points on you with how their offense has looked. Are you kidding me? Their offense has, I mean, even in their first win of the year. It's not like their offense has been looking phenomenal. You have 23 points in the first game of the year. 14 points in the second game of the year. And then 17 points. 23, 14, 17 on offense. Come on, guys. You have to be better than that. there's no reason for them to to let them in the game on an offense like that. There's just no reason. Let's do Ben. He's calling in from Cali and he wants to get into adjustments. All right.
5: Join the club. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. It's Ben from California. Um, I'll just keep this short. Um, Something that is kind of frustrating watching the games, besides just all the penalties and well, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I'm saying, like, it feels like we're in the game for a majority of the game. Like, there, like if we just fix the smallest mistakes, we're right there. Like the JFM penalty and the miscommunication on the touchdown to chase. It's like, like I, it kind of felt like a beating. Like it felt like we got. Kind of just beaten up all game, but like if you just make the smallest adjustments, you're like right there, and if that's the most anno- annoying part. I mean, there are the bright spots, but it kind of gets annoying game after game just looking for individual bright spots instead of just trying to the win. But I mean, it's good that we had Zach is probably going to be back, so there's that. Thank and God. the Steelers are very beatable, so fingers crossed uh thank you keep doing what you're doing and go jess
1: yeah thank god the steelers look beatable it's not like you're going up against big ben and uh levion bell and antonio brown in their prime I mean, th- this team's beatable you just have to i don't know show me some level of consistency and i really think the offense is going to look different with zach um uh, joe flacco had a great second game where he, he was really miraculous in the second half and especially in the final couple minutes. And they they it was a great story. It was a ton of fun. But this is Zach's team. This is what I've been saying all along. And I think the limitations that we saw with Joe aren't necessarily going to be there. And to Mike LaFleur's credit, I know they've thrown a lot, but he has schemed guys open a lot. And Joe missed a ton of guys. A ton of guys. And I'm hoping that Zach doesn't do that, or at least not as much. But yeah, it's, I think the the offense is really going to end up being what's the difference here or what's making the difference here. Uh, I think they'll look much, much better. I have more faith in the offense turning it around than the defense. How about that? Is that fair? Let's do, before we get into the next voicemail, let you know that we are brought to you by BUSR, the official sports book of Matt O'Leary NY. BUSR.com slash Matt. They're doing match deposit bonuses up to $1,000 and you get 25 casino chips. Um, bet bet on the Jets, fade the Jets, whatever you want to do. You can place your bets with BUSR. Uh, they're my official sports book, and that's where I go to gamble on the NFL. Let's go, Richard out in Nevada. Wants to talk about it being an all-around failure. That's fair. Let's do it. <sighs> <It's>
0: Richard <laughs> uh, from Nevada. My goodness, could 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 everything that I feared that what happened in this game happened. Let me just just state this. We had everything go wrong week one. Okay, that was sad. I felt like we had the ability, or at least the team and the coaching and everything had the ability to take lessons from everything that happened week one and apply it to week two, yada, yada. And then even into week three. Week two, yes, I mean, granted, you can say that was a, you know, come from behind miracle game, whatever. You want to say it as, 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 as whatever it is. The point is that's still a W. But the Jets still did what they should have done that game. Why? Because they won. So I don't understand how it is you go like, ah, you know, who cares about what we did week two? Let's just do what we did week one. And – Have Joe Flacco through 52 passes Why Why I don't I I, I just don't understand Why it is that The Jets decided they needed to go And Basically say You know what we're going to do is we're just going to do exactly what we're going to do Week one Embarrassing Terrible Horrible There are no other words I would have at least hoped that this team could have been competitive. I, I wouldn't even have expected Robert Sala to come with a W on that one. Just to be competitive. Just to be good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look, uh, they got to do something better. They, they, they need to learn. They need to learn from their mistakes. They need to learn from their That'd problems. Be nice. They need to know what their strengths are. These are, these are professional NFL coaches that are getting paid millions of dollars a year. How do they not know this by now? <laughs> how, do, how, do you, how do you make the same mistakes one week, and then the next week you learn from them, and then you repeat the mistakes? I don't, I, I, I don't understand it, Matt. I really don't. It makes me so mad as a Jets fan. But whatever. We're going to have to look forward and be positive at this point. We can go two and two. We can absolutely be two and two against the Steelers. Let's do it. And I think Sauce Gardner is going to start to become one of our biggest weapons because he's eventually going to get that pick. He is due. He's hungry. He's going to get it.
1: Go love it. You're, you're right. Sauce Gardner has been probably the biggest bright spot. They've probably been the biggest bright spot. Yeah, I wanted to pull up the schedule while you were talking. Week four at Pittsburgh would be really nice to get to two and two because after that, Dolphins, Packers, Broncos. The Broncos haven't looked what we thought they were going to look like, but on the road in Denver is a very difficult place to play. Miami looks like a juggernaut right now. Green Bay is tough. New England's going to probably be without Mac Jones, so you better freaking win that game. But yeah, before the bye. You have a lot of uphill battles, so you got to get to two and two. You better damn well get to two and two, but isn't it so annoying every single week that it's the same freaking things over and over and over and over again? It's the same stuff. Undisciplined penalties, pass rush, not getting home too stubborn, throwing the ball too many times. I just it feels like we're going through the same motions that just happened last year, but it's been without Zach, so there's not even that to to hang your hat on. I am very much so hoping that Zach comes back and looks solid because I, I think we desperately, desperately, desperately at least deserve that. You at least deserve that. Eddie, North Carolina, he has a little bit of a rant here. Obrick uh, has to go, he says.
6: Hey, Matt, this is Eddie from North Carolina. I call in. I talk to you guys sometimes on Ryan's show. Listen, we have a problem. They're going to lose the locker room if they do not get rid of Jeff Holbrook. <laughs> I can't possibly see with the talent level this team has, Rex Ryan, Greg Williams, or Wade Phillips, possibly ever having a defense this bad. There is just too much talent and at this point, they have proven over the preponderance of evidence, over the last season and these three games, Jeff Ulbricht does not know what the hell he is doing. Why, if you have an injured left tackle for the Bengals, do you not have Bryce Huff, your fastest and speediest and agile edge rusher on the field. Valid. Second, why do you have Jonathan Franklin Myers playing on the outside when he is clearly a defensive tackle? I do not understand this. And the third thing is, why not implement some blitz packages every now and then? And I'm not talking that stupid... Over the top one coverage where they blitzed everywhere. I'm just talking about disguising some packages and some coverages and blitzing a guy every now and then just to keep the offensive line honest. They don't do any of this. I mean, they don't do any of this. And to keep from losing the locker room, Ulbrich has got to go. He's going to go eventually. He sucks. I'm sorry to say it. I'm sure he's a nice person. He was a great football player, and I'm sure he's doing his best with all respect, but he's not getting the job done, and Coach Sal has got to take over the defense. Otherwise, they're going to lose the locker room, and if you lose the locker room, it doesn't matter what kind of talent you have. You won't have a team. Anyway, great content, Matt. Thanks for letting me call. Of course. Take care. You have a good
1: one, and... I think at minimum, and I'm frustrated with Ulbrich, but at minimum, Salah has to take over the play calling, right? Like even we saw Adam Gase give up play calling duties, um, which if we, I, I guess a little bit different because um, that's the head coach and then giving it to actually his offensive coordinator. So this would kind of be the flip of it. But I think he's got to step up and say, hey, let me. I'm going to uncall the plays here because it, it, it's been bad, bad. There's been very little signs of hope from Ulbrich. I haven't seen one thing that he's done well since he's come here. And, you know, before the year, saying, look, he, he has to have an opportunity with this improved defense and the improved roster, and it's still not a perfect defense. It's not, but you can't have the excuse that the talent's not there at this point. It's not. And through three games, it looks exactly the same like it did last year when they had nobody out there. And now you do have two really good cover outside corners, and they still can't seem to figure out how to stop anybody. It's unbelievable. It's truly bad. Like, you let up 30 points to Jacoby Brissett and the Cleveland Browns. And then Joe Burrow. Yeah, Burrow and, like, that offense, they have a ton of playmakers and a ton of weapons, but not being able to get home is embarrassing. And the Bryce Huff decision, I'll I'll hammer this home again, is just Unbelievable. For them to just come out and be like, "Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna dress this guy. You, you got to dress Jacob Martin. You have to dress Lamarcus Jordan. They got to play for what?" It, it, dude. I don't know. I wish I had a better answer for you guys. It, it's frustrating. I'm glad we can commiserate on this. Tanner wants to talk about no consistency on this staff. Hey, Matt.
7: It's Tanner from Long Island. What up, dude? Got um, a point. I wanted to get a reaction from you from. Uh... I'm really starting to get, I mean, obviously nervous about this coaching staff. I've been giving them every, every excuse I possibly can. I love Salah. I'm really pulling for the guy. But, I mean, there's just no consistency there. I mean, look at week one. Defense actually looks pretty good. They hold Baltimore to, what, was it 10 points? We're down one score. Offense can't get anything done. Week two, Bengals. Offense looks pretty good. I mean, obviously Garrett Wilson explodes, but the defense can't stop anything, can't get to the quarterback. I mean, it's the same as last season, beginning of the year. Remember, people were going nuts. They're like, "Are we going to lose this guy?" I mean, I mean, he going to go take a head coaching job with this defense? And then, boom, after two weeks, whatever it was, he's the worst, the uh, worst defense in the league. And then, you know, obviously the offense kind of turned it around. But you know, it, you know, it never, it was never synced up. There was never a game, the last two seasons of this regime, where you could say the offense and the defense both look good at the same time. And unfortunately, I think that yeah. comes back solid. I mean, I want, I really want it, I really want him to work out. I'm really pulling for the guy, but that just isn't a good look. Uh, thanks, Matt. Go Jets.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to pull that up actually from last year and go through it with you guys and look at the schedule in the games where it was both the offense and the defense looking good because really through like the first four games of the year last year, I I guess maybe, can you say Tennessee last year? Maybe. Because through the first four games, the Jets' defense was actually okay, and the offense stunk. They put up 14-6-0, and then 27, finally. They had 20 points in their first three games, which is just unreal. And then obviously everyone remembers how much everyone wanted uh, LaFleur to go then. And then 27, they put up 27 points after that, and then that's really when the defense falls off the rails, week five and beyond. Like Cincinnati, fun game. Offense looked good. Mike LaFleur in his bag, 34 points. Pretty good. Defense stunk. Same against the Colts where he allowed 45 points. Like there was a stretch. that was a stretch last year. Jets allowed 54, 31, 45, 45 points in four straight weeks. You Can't win football games like that. Um, When else did the offense look good? 31-24 31-24 game in Miami, I guess, a little bit. Jacksonville, the offense was pretty good. Tampa Bay, the offense was good. The defense really wasn't, though. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's uh, that's fair. You're onto something. It's very rare that we've seen both of these things line up at the same time. <laughs> uh, and in week one this year, it was the defense looked good and the offense looked bad. And then week two, was the opposite. And then week three, nothing looked good, really. It was neither. Devin Nevada. And uh, he wants to get into DJ Reed praise. I'm down for this. Let's talk about our guy, DJ Reed.
8: Matt, Devin from Nevada. longtime friend of the show. Yes, sir. Appreciate you holding it down in the Jets community, man. Thank you. Yeah, Yo, I wanted to call in and shout out DJ Reed on how it is when calling this defense unacceptable. He's right. So behind. our pass rush is absolutely nowhere to be found. All day in the pocket and any flag they needed, whenever they needed it. For a defensive unit, you know, that's just so deflating doing that to yourself. And to uh, say it, but I feel like a lot of these self inflicted wounds are just coaching mistakes. Um, obviously, it brings on the players, too, but. You know, Salah called these uh, flags crappy luck, and it's like, nah, man, you know, these are grown-ass men, you know, you yep. need to hold these guys accountable. Yep. Jordan Whitehead, known to be a big hitter, but that missed hit, that missed tackle man. on Salah Boyd. So man-to-man goal line with the opposing team's number one wide receiver and depth side of coverage two weeks in a row. Playing zone or man, that difficult right now. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> make things so much harder for themselves than they have to be. You know, uh, for example, last week, Jets definitely needed to stay on the field against the Browns. You couldn't give the ball back to their offense right there uh, on that fourth and one. And though it worked, it worked, but the Jets ran a fake punt pass and by the stars in heaven we converted that. But dude, there's luck single other team in the NFL, if they want to go for it, is lining their O-line up and QB sneaking it or handing it to their running back and getting a push from their O-line, then what? So it's a at that call. And, hey, man, like I said, it did work, you know, and that's sure. what matters, right? But that's a uh, situation to put your team in, or at least me, man. <laughs> but, damn, I can't believe that that was a call right there. What I will say is that, you know, the first step to correcting all of this is accountability. So uh shout out DJ Reed for calling it how it is because this can't continue. Amen. Very excited to see Zach from here on out. You know, we need him to be the man. We really do. Appreciate you, brother. Let me know your take. Man.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you, friend. Um DJ Reed, yeah, he deserves that praise. He really does. It's uh He's been great. He's been, I know it's only three games that I want to get nuts, but he's arguably been Robert Salah's best addition to this team in his his entirety through, through free agency, at least just unreal stuff. Love that. Love that. Love that um, signing. And he's been great. He's right by the way, because I, I hate the, you're giving like Connor McGovern, the every excuse to have his dumb penalties or Corey Davis, man catch the one, catch the goddamn ball, Corey Davis. And then number two, let's not let Eli Apple get in your head and have a stupid pound. Like, it just felt like excuses, man. And the Jet fans are tired of the excuses. We don't care anymore. And, uh, it's unlu- that stuff's unlucky. It's going to change. When? When is it going to change? Because now this is year two of your regime, and the same dumb things that were happening last year are continuing to happen again. We don't owe you the benefit of the doubt anymore, man. As a rookie head coach, rookie play callers, yeah, okay, you got the benefit of the doubt. Not anymore. Not with an improved roster. Not Like, none of it. it it's, I, I just am really getting tired of that coach, Robert Sala coach speak. I just, is it too much to ask for seeing some stuff on the field? Let's see it on the field. Anyway. Let's go to Shane in New Jersey. He wants to talk about Robert Sala being awful in press conferences. Good segue. Let's do it.
9: Yo, Mr. Matt O'Leary. What's going on? Uh, Shane from Jersey calling. Actually calling again. I called really pissed off after the game on Sunday. We're going to do this Uh, one. was actually yesterday calling again, I guess. Uh, If you use this or just listen to it. Or no, I just had to say after hearing this press conference again today, we've had a lot of terrible coaches and terrible talkers and things like that. I think Sala might be the worst at giving answers at press conferences and talking to reporters, I've ever heard, he gives by far the worst answers. The today, the uh, you know, um, the miscommunications. Oh, we've got to clean it up like the little things. When he talks about the other teams, yeah, they did this really well, they did that really well. Uh, on our own team, yeah, the other guys need to pick it up, dude. Like, hell yeah, we need to pick it up. Can can you fix that? You're the coach. You're getting paid millions of dollars talking about all these other teams, like bringing like PFF into it, the best like, you gotta clean it up, man. You gotta talk better at the podium. They're gonna come at you. Uh, can he just be better at that? Can someone coach him on that? The, the doc. Don't even get me started on the when he says like the injuries. I'm not a doctor. Fix this, that, and the third. I mean, they gets mad. They were like, we're pissed. We're asking about Zach all the time. Obviously, dude.
1: That's the story. It really just
9: riles me up. I think I saw your your, your, your tweet recently today, a few, a few minutes ago. You posted about another terrible comment he said about the. The, the mistakes are we're going to have like six or seven a game. Why? Why are we just going to have six or seven miscommunications a game? That's terrible, man. <laughs> Gotta fix it up at the podium. I'm really losing faith in them by the day. God, I hope I'm wrong. Uh. That's my call. Even if it doesn't make the show, I hope you make a, a video about it separately to see. But yeah, man, always rock on. Be good. Catch you later.
1: Yeah, I wanted to, thank you, Shane. I wanted to get this call on the show because we, we did a lot of reactions. And now that your uh, post-game reaction wasn't good, but I wanted to get into this storyline specifically. I can't believe he just went up there and was like, one, <laughs> that, was, that was unlucky. And then number two, just being like, yeah, the, the mistakes are going to happen. We're fine with it. It just really makes you scratch your head. It really makes me wonder what the hell is really going on here. Am I taking crazy pills? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills every single time this guy goes up to the podium and opens his damn mouth. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts to me. Oh, oh boy. Anyway, thank you, Shane, for bringing that up because I just had to get that off my chest because it's just it's unbelievable that that's accepted. The mediocrity is just accepted. Caden Smith is going to close us out. He's calling in
10: from New York. Hey Matt, it's Caden Smith calling in from Upstate New York. How's it going, so friend? I'm calling on Monday night with a bit of a reaction from the Jets game. Sadly, I couldn't watch it, one, because I'm out of area, and two, because my family just downgraded our TV package, so we can't watch TV now, but Oof. that's besides the point. But Sorry, I was watching the stream that Richie from Jets Media does on his channel and just listening to it and just tracking it on ESPN it was just depressing in general. Like, yeah, we had our good, like, parts like Sauce Gardner, is looking like a beast. Even though I, as, when he was drafted, I hated the selection, but now I'm coming around to him. And he, he's going to be a great player for us. Garrett Wilson looks great. Brees me missing with fantasy points, even though I lost the fantasy matchup this week. And like Jermaine Johnson, Max military they're looking good. But like, man, just like the left tackle position, I'm calling after we signed Mike Remmers, so I'm happy that good that move. happened. And hopefully he can hold up if he starts this week. But man, it's just like Placco and the um, rotation that left tackle and then just like allowing the Bengals just to throw the ball down the throat in general. Like it was just stagnating in general. Like we have so much to clean up in general between, I, it's just too hard to explain. And so A much lot. just really does fall back to the coaching staff in general of Dalla, Albrecht, LaFleur. And I mean, especially Albrecht right now, like his defense, I mean, Sauce and DJ Reed are playing out of their minds but like White had a joiner and our linebacker isn't doing anything great really and then our D-line is so good but they're not getting there. They're so talented but they aren't getting home and it's something needs to change in general and this is, is the thing that really gets me is New Era Jets on Twitter or you probably follow them, they put out a tweet earlier in the week saying Oh, why are, you, um, why are so many people projecting us to lose to the Bengals? We beat them last year with a worse squad, and I'm, this is simple. the exact same reason why I don't project the Jets to win games anymore. Because we are still the same old Jets in so many ways, and until we start winning consistently, I really can't project them to win many games at all. So, hopefully, we can get a turnaround for Pittsburgh, and we just need some life shot into this franchise. Hopefully, hopefully Zach can carry us there. All right, thanks, Matt. Have a good
1: one. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for calling in. But you're right. Like, I, I don't know how you could possibly say and chalk that up as a e- easy win last week. It's not. Did they have a chance to win? Of course, of course they did. And there was a recipe for for a win. But you can't just say, "Oh, you beat them last year in a miraculous game, and you're, you're going to do it again." Not that's not that's not a fair way to look at it. But <sighs> sorry to hear that you weren't able to see the game. they are probably better off this past week, and uh, they be- damn well better come out and and beat Pittsburgh. Because that's a hellish schedule coming up after that. You're gonna dig yourself a pretty nice hole. But as the theme of the show keeps going back to, number two is back, and that is the most important thing for the rest of the year. And obviously, I want them to win. Game. I want them to win every week. I'm tired of the the tank for the draft pick, and like I don't want to go through October, November, December talking about a quarterback and the draft and I, the coaching search. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to talk about real football. So my question or my, my plea rather to the New York Jets is allow me to talk about real football for another month, please. I don't want to start this in October. Is That asking too much. I say, no, I think that's a reasonable ask. I think that's a fair ask, but what the hell do I know? That's going to do it for me on this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, also, follow along with myself, Matt O'Leary, and NY, on social media. Just Jets is on Instagram and uh, Twitter at JustJetsPod. Pod. Follow along with that social channel to stay up to date on the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the support. I am so excited for next week getting this thing rolling. Jets coverage is being cranked up, so the Jets better pay us back by giving us something to talk about. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. I'll catch you next time, baby.